Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to The Morning Dump, a fantasy baseball podcast. Today, we have a good friend of mine joining the show. A man who I credit for initiating me into the fantasy baseball world. Little background. It's mid-March 2018, shortly after I had taken over Brian's fantasy baseball team. Brian had been gone for about two months. I was working a job that I was not passionate about. I was sitting at a desk all day. But worst of all, Brian wasn't there anymore to shoot the shit every day. Lunch breaks, commutes, after work. I was thinking about him all the time. And I was really miserable. So I decided to try to find a new job and get a fresh start. And I was lucky enough to do just that. And that's where I met Matt Hayon. He's a 13-year veteran of the game. He's managed up to 13 teams in one season. Commissioned I don't know how many leagues. But point is... The dude knows baseball, and he's here to share some great tips with you all on how to dominate your leagues. Matt, thank you for joining us, bro. I'm just thrilled to be here. My man. And it was that that first year was was so much fun. I remember um, when I first started with fantasy. I remember the first article that I ever read, and the article said. If you don't draft Albert Pujols as first overall, then you should get out of fantasy right now. And I had never heard of this person. So uh, I, I did not listen to the article, and, uh, and I thankfully learned a little bit more about fantasy. And I was just over the moon to share it with, uh, with someone else. So thank awesome, you. Awesome, man. Matt put me on to lots of different podcasts, the guys at CBS... Fantasy pros, different articles, Roto Baller, rankings, lots that helped me uh, come to two victories over the first three years in your league, huh? That, that won't happen again. That won't happen again. <laughs> Thank you for uh, inviting me onto the podcast. I just wanted to talk about some tips that I have for new managers. And um, when Matt invited me on, he asked me which topic I felt I could add the most value to. Um, and I think that's why I chose free agency. That's T the Wiser on the track, by the way. A great friend who gave his blessing to let the beat drop on some unreleased music of his. A lot of the beats that you'll hear moving forwards on the show will be his. So check him out on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Instagram, and anything else that you listen to music on. Thank you, T. So most of you are likely familiar with free agency, but to sum it up quick, we're talking about the big pool of players out there that don't end up getting drafted. Exactly. A lot of fantasy news and publications and articles will focus on draft day and strategies for the draft day and the best best sleepers and and breakouts that you need to, to draft. And not as much focus is put on to using the waiver wires for example to your advantage and i don't blame them that's what gets the clicks and the uh the traffic the sleepers and breakouts are the top top search uh items but using free agency to your advantage that's how teams in my opinion how leagues are won 
um, not so much. While draft is important, I feel that more leagues are won by the the manager who's savvy on free agency. Really glad you chose to speak on this today, Matt, because last week we did happen to touch upon it briefly with the points league pros. So let's take a deeper dive here. What specifically have you learned about free agency and how to optimize your team with it? Well, every year after in each, in all of my leagues, I look at the 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 transaction history, the ads and the drops throughout during the course of the year, and um, I try to take away knowledge that I can use for next year's um, next year's draft and. What I do is I try to see who was picked up early in the season and who ended up being a bona fide stud. So somebody that I'm drafting with confidence this year in the first couple of rounds that I could pick up last year. And with a savvy manager that kind of could forecast projections of these players could get the player for absolutely free. Very sure, man. If folks tuned in last week, they heard me drop the name Cedric Mullins. Guy in our league who went undrafted. So what other guys could you share with us to that stick out? So I looked at our league that we played in last year's 12-team league. Um, and I just looked at the transaction history to see what kind of insights I could, um, could glean. So this is what I found. On March 30th, we picked up Trevor Rogers. And right now, Trevor Rogers has an ADP of 97. So we picked him up on March 30th last year for free. Um, someone did. Uh, on March 31st, Dylan Cease, who now is an ADP of 96. On March 31st, Logan Webb, who now is an ADP of 74. On April 5th, Freddie Peralta, who now is an ADP of 52. On April 7th, Jonathan India, who now is an ADP of 95. On April 13th, this is the big one. Um, the because Yahoo only lets you do the 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 um, the hitting version, but Shohei Otani, who now has an ADP of 23 for absolutely free, um, on April 13th, Cedric Mullins, um, who has an ADP of 33 now, on April 22nd, Brian Reynolds, who has an ADP of 92, on May 30th, Alec Manoa, who has an ADP of 89, on May 31st, Robbie Ray, ADP of 45. And May 31st, Tyler O'Neill, ADP of 62. Unbelievable, man. These are all top guys going within the first 100 picks of this year's draft. Some rising all the way to the top five rounds, like Robbie Ray, who went from undrafted to Cy Young. League-winning caliber players that went completely undrafted last year. But you also have to remember that there were people that we did draft last year that just completely flamed out. People that we drafted in early rounds and even mid-rounds that were zeros for our team. I mean, you were obviously the high guy on um, Cody Bellinger. If you didn't replace his production, that kind of could sink your team. So there are people that you're drafting now that end up on your bench or even on waivers. Absolutely, man. Cody Bellinger, a heartbreaker last season, finishing under the Mendoza line. It could take a real toll on your squad how long you choose to hold on to guys in slumps. But at the same time, the last thing you want to do is cut one of these guys who might come back big and finish the season strong. Right. We're back to free agency. What else you got for us? 
Okay, when I was looking at the, um, this analysis, I came up with three main takeaways. The first main takeaway was that we picked up and dropped the same player multiple times. Somebody picked up Trevor Rogers and then dropped him, and then you picked him up and then dropped him, and then I picked him up. It's, it, sure, it's, yeah. it's, it's very much an experiment because we don't, we don't really know who's good. I mean, as it's happening, it's hard to really predict the future. This is just an inexact science that we're all learning, and it is predicting the future, so nobody's good at that. Um, when, I, when I looked at the, these ads, and I only researched people in the top 101 of uh, 2022 ADP, and I, that's why I didn't include like McClanahan and others, all of these players were added in the first two months of the season. More than half of them were added in May. So what... What that means is you need to be active early on. You can't say, okay, I'll take a break the first two months and I'll make up for it later on because you won't be able to. You can't catch up. Um, once that ship has sailed, it's not going back. You might, you might say that even, April, even May might be too late, um, and, but, but definitely in April you need to be really adept to the way we are because it's hard to make up for lost time. And then the last thing is, there are some cases where we held on to the players that had hot starts, and there were some case, cases where we traded these, these hot players. So um, what I found was that we, you and I especially, traded these to other players maybe as a sweetener in a deal where I traded a middling starting pitcher with a hot start, with a player with a hot start for an ace. Um, and it's a way of leveling up. Um, it's just to, to provide more uh, certainty and predictability in your roster. Absolutely. I mean, with the massive amount of games and data in a baseball season, improving the team you drafted, it's all about buying low, selling high, capitalizing on the hot streaks, figuring out who's just on a hot streak and is going to fade out and trying to improve your team with that guy before he does. So with that said, you pick up a player and then what? I mean, how do you really guess what to do with him? Right. When you pick up a player, you have a couple of options. You need to ask yourself, is what this player doing, is it sustainable? Um, and you can ascertain that using some advanced metrics um, that we could talk a little bit more about in detail. But it's really a pretty much a classic sell high scenario. Do you feel that a player will sustain the production? And if you do think they will, then maybe you hold on to them. If you don't think they will, maybe they're fool's gold and you, you, you sell them to somebody else. I remember there's always, it seems like there's usually a player that, uh, that hits five home runs in a single week, the first week of the season, and he's always fool's gold. So the person who buys into them usually will get a subpar player for the rest of the season. But if you can um, predict these kinds of things ahead of time, then you can make the better end of a deal. Pull a quick fleece. Exactly. I must say, I have not mastered the advanced metrics yet. A big part of my fantasy game has been trying to find value with guys who are under and overperforming with respect to their positions on rankings pages, trade charts. Like last year, I was able to capitalize by acquiring Bo Bichette on a trade chart mid-season. He had a value of 35. 
and I flipped him in a deal where I sold the guy Juan Soto, who had a value of 50 on the trade chart. And that deal was balanced out by me selling the guy, Sonny Gray. I'm sorry, Sonny, I had to do it to him. But I got Zach Wheeler, which was a major pitching upgrade with really not much of a downgrade at hitting at all. Bo Bichette was putting up numbers like a first-rounder, which is exactly where he's being drafted this year. And my hitting leveled out. I even acquired more steals out of it. I'm really trying to learn more about the advanced metrics and how I can use them to predict whether a player's performance is sustainable, if he's underperforming, and how I can capitalize on those. So I'm wondering, can you share with us, although we play in some leagues together, do it for the fans. Some of the metrics that you've learned to use over the years that help you optimize your team. Well, well, first of all, I must say that I am shocked that that you treated like Sunny Gray. That's that's what I what what I can't believe. It hurt, man. <laughs> but um, I would say the easiest metrics, um, the most I don't even know if I would consider them advanced, are just strikeout rate. Is a pitcher throwing a majority of his pitches as strikes? Are they going to fall into outs? Is he getting lucky? Is what he's doing sustainable? Can he keep up his ERA? Does he have a middling strikeout rate? Or is it a high K per nine? So that's something that we've spoken about on the, the podcast and the, the show. And, um, and I think I already have a good handle on that. And on the flip side, strikeout rate for hitters. Is, is, the, is the player hitting bombs, but striking out all the rest of the time. Well, that may, means maybe he's going to stop hitting bombs and just revert to just striking out. And that's kind of not such a great predictive uh, indicator for me. As well as there are other advanced stats. Like for hitters, there's BABIP, which, um, which is the batting average of balls in play. And that helps predict, is their average sustainable? Um, is it going to revert to some kind of mean? Um, things like strand rate for pitchers tells me is the pitcher getting lucky? Are they getting out of the inning, leaving the bases loaded each time? Well, they're not going to always be so lucky. Those are eventually going to turn into runs, and it's going to penalize the pitcher down the road. So maybe he's, maybe it's not so sustainable what he's doing. As well as there are other kinds of uh, pitching metrics, such as uh, FIP, XFIP, and other kinds of um, measures that will see if what he's doing as far as ERA and WHIP are sustainable based on his performance, his defense's performance. Because you have to remember that the defense behind the pitcher is also an important part of how those, those pitches turn into outs. These are all things that we have taken into consideration when we think of if a, is a player, is their production sustainable. That's true. The defense plays a major part in a pitcher's performance, much like the offense will help them in acquiring wins and run support. Hey man, really appreciates you sharing some of these advanced metrics with us. I think they're going to help people in figuring out. Not you, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them definitely. And I think that they'll help me and all fantasy managers in really understanding how sustainable a player's performance is, what to do with them. And so lastly, I just want to ask you, 
Anything else you feel like sharing with respect to free agency trading and, and really how to create the best team you can early in the season? Well, free agency is something I would keep in mind the entire season. I would keep it in mind when I get offered a trade. If somebody's offering me a trade um, for a 30 home run player, for example, and I can easily get a, a player that I that I forecast can can give me 27 home runs on waivers, well, that's a player that I can get for absolutely free. Um, so why would I need? Why would I pay for your 30 home run guy if I can get a 27 home run guy for absolutely free? Well, maybe the 27 home run guy has warts. Maybe he uh, he strikes out too much and he has other issues. He plays for a bad team. Maybe he's not a true set 27 home run guy. Maybe it, there's more to it than that. But just the basic concept is replacement value. The other thing is consider the free agency during draft day. I play in 10 team leagues primarily, and they might have, let's call it 25 roster spots. Well, that means 250 people are going to get drafted. But the question is, which 250 players are these going to be? Are they going to be the first 250 in ADP? Probably not, but somewhere around about. So look at uh, the ADP charts and see who's around 250. Those are the people that are probably going to be on your waivers and be absolutely free come the day after draft day. And are you okay foregoing certain people in the draft knowing that you can get these people for free literally the next day. Something to be said about drafting a little riskier when you have a lot of guys that are likely going to be rostered available after the draft. So you've got some high upside guys, lots going into this season, coming off of major injuries, lower in ADP, some guys stick out, Sevy, your old Met, Syndergaard, Rendon, Clevenger, Verlander, lots of guys out there that could be league winners that you're getting after the 180p mark. Yeah. I want to play a little game called Pump or Dump, the young blooded version. Many of the guys that we're drafting late this year are going to end up on the wire getting replaced by players who weren't drafted at all. So this pump or dump will include guys who have torn up the minors. Maybe they've struggled a little early on in the majors, likely to be called up early in 2022. Whatever the case is, let's see if these are guys that you think are either worth drafting late, taking flyers on, stashing, or will end up rostered within the first two months of the season that people should have their eyes on. Let's start with some pitchers. Tarek Skubal, Southpaw for Detroit, ADP in this year's draft of around 180. We all know he tore up the minors, but in his first 181.1 innings in the majors, he's gotten hit pretty hard. 4.57 ERA, 1.252 whip, but still 10Ks per nine. You pumping or dumping? I am in redraft leagues on draft day. I am dumping. Not a fan of Detroit. Um, I also think that the AL Central will be improved uh, this year. 
um, with the White Sox and um, some of the moves that the Twins have made. I think that Scooble has a lot of potential. I'm very excited about him, and he's made he's done a lot of the right things these past couple of years. But there's a lot of unknowns, and he'll figure it out. I'm sure he will, but not so confident that he'll do it this year. Um, I'm interested in keeping an eye on him um, for as a pickup potentially, but on draft day, not not for me. Being here at 180 is a little high for my taste. I, I could easily see him getting dropped from teams come May with a shaky start. In which case, then again, you might be getting him for free, and that could be a real steal. Next up, Max Meyer. Not currently coming off of draft boards in most redraft leagues, maybe in some deeper ones, or if you do have a spot to stash minor league players. But across 259 innings in college in the minors, he posted a nasty 2.19 ERA, 1.046 whip, 11 strikeouts per nine. Outstanding fantasy and real life numbers. And I hate to bring it up. I don't know if you saw, but he did throw four perfect innings against your Mets last week in spring training. I did say. Yeah, I did say. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I love this guy. Um, I, I think he's great. I am very impressed by the way that the, the Marlins have been able to develop young pitching. And I'm very excited to see if he can grab that last roster spot. But I also am afraid that it may be early. I think that he will be a bona fide stud, maybe even come the end of the year, come next year. But in redraft leagues, that's probably why it's not being drafted. Um, I would monitor him in spring training to see if he is able to get that roster spot and if so he's a definite pump for me but um it's really early to tell fair one gotta keep an eye on this kid he could be a steal late in drafts i'll pump him too if he does get that roster spot third on our pitcher list george kirby another guy not currently being drafted in redraft not sure if he will get that opening day spot either. But a guy I do have stashed on my dynasty team, very excited about these young Mariner pitchers. Through two seasons in the minors, he's posted 90.2 innings with a 2.48 ERA, 1.07 whip, 10.4 Ks per nine. Another guy to keep your eye on? Absolutely. I'm very excited about him as well. I would say he um, falls in the same category for me as Max Meyer. The difference to me is the Mariners organization. I think that there may be more room in the rotation for him, so he has a slight edge in my book, but um, it's still, again, I, I want to say it's a little early. That's fair, definitely. It's early to tell on these guys. Mariners, I think you're right, will have more room. They've brought in Robbie Ray. They've got Marco still. Logan Gilbert's got a spot. Not sure who's left. <laughs> yeah, man. So we'll see if he can take that spot. They've got a couple other young guys. Uh, Emerson Hancock, is it? Yes. Yeah. Excited about that young team. I really think Robbie Ray is going to step in and be a, an awesome leader for them. They got some young hitters, too. We're about to speak about one of them. Moving on to the hitters. First up, Alex Kirilov. Struggled a bit during his debut. He did end up with an injury that took out 
good portion of his season. Batting average of 251, OPS of 722 last year. But over four seasons in the minors, he did post a 318 average, 869 OPS. Good value at his current ADP of 185. In my book, out of all these, the way pump. Um, way pump. Way pump. I think that the struggles, and I put quotes over struggles last year, are because he was injured. We know he was injured before succumbing to um, surgery. He was playing through injury. So that is a good enough explanation to me why his numbers suffered. So I think that what he did in the minors, absolutely sustainable. And I am proud to have him in, in the dynasty league that we play in. And uh, you're not getting it from me. I don't know if you know, I had him actually. I do and know. I dropped him. I do know. Man, I, I, I kind of regret it. <laughs> but we'll see if this guy pops off. Major pump by Matt. Next up, Julio Rodriguez, number three on the new top 100 prospects list of the MLB. He's got an ADP of around 250. He's getting drafted in some leagues, not in others. But in three seasons in the minors, he crushed 30 home runs, swiped 32 bags, a powerful OPS of 955. And he did smash a three-run homer in his first at-bat of spring training. A must-have? Close to it. I, I would caution that we don't really know when these players are going to be called up. Before this year, players were called up a little bit later by managers for, because of service time manipulation. And that was a major point, a major sticking point of um, the lockout negotiations earlier this year. So we don't know if how brazen the owners are going to be um, about about manipulating future stars service time versus calling them up quicker. So it's hard to tell if he will be an immediate add to the roster or he's gonna be someone who's gonna be called up down the line. But if he's an immediate add, then I think that he's definitely, definitely an add at that current price. He's another one that I would closely monitor during spring training to see if he could get that opening day start. Sounds good to me, boss. Let's, let's keep an eye on this guy. See who gets to grab him first. Next up, a guy I do think is making the opening roster, O'Neal Cruz. Number 26 on the top 100 prospect list. Also with an ADP of around 250. We'll see how the spring training carries on. But this guy is a big man. Standing 6'7", 210 pounds. I know that he's been at the top of exit velocity numbers throughout spring training so far. And he looks like a pretty awesome sleeper to me. Having launched 49 home runs in five seasons in the minors. And he'll get you steals too, with 60 in that span. Humping or dumping? I, I, I would say, I call this a split decision. Um, I think that I would pump him in Roto and I... I dump him maybe in points. Um, the reason for that is the steals aspect of his game, and I feel that I can replace his production somewhat easily. The jury is out on that, but he could he could surprise me, and I could be completely wrong in both uh, in both situations. I hope so, because I another guy I got on my dynasty team. So let's see what happens. Some more spring training games to come. Roster spots to be earned. 
Lots of action ahead. Well, folks, that's going to be all for today. Matt, thank you again so much for joining us, man. Really excited to get the season started. We've got a few leagues going together. It's going to be an awesome year. I'm so pumped. It's been too long. Well, everyone, thank you all for joining us. And remember, can't have your coffee without the morning dump.